we've got these businesses that we've built to give us the freedom and the lifestyle or the freedom to create a life outside of our business. When I think back to the amount that I've spent over the years of 20 years in businesses and the amount that I've paid landlords for multiple sites over those years, it is so much cheaper to run my business this way. And I think that a really great way to think about it is it's almost like your technology rent. It's like the house that you need. So it's a cost of doing business. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's time for you to increase your influence, grow your business, and scale to freedom. Now, let's enter the lab with your host, Samantha Riley. Before I jump into today's episode with Tim, where we're going to share with you what's in our technology stack, I wanted to quickly invite you to a new Facebook community that... I have set up on Facebook. Well, it's a little bit of a pivot. It was the Thought Leaders Inner Circle Facebook group, and I have just renamed it the Thought Leaders Business Lab Community. So whether you've just started out in business or whether you want to scale so that you have more time and income or whether you want to start a business so you can leave your nine to five, I'd love to invite you to come and connect and discuss everything business. So I will have the link in the show notes, but look us up on Facebook, the Thought Leaders Business Lab community. Looking forward to seeing you there and helping you grow your business. But right now, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I am your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, joined by my fabulous sidekick, Tim Hyde. How are you going, Tim? Sidekick? Well, nice? well, I know, I, I've, just, I've just given up on all the fancy words. That oh, my God. Not I feel like relegated. <laughs> I'm like the sidekick, the superhero sidekick. Yeah. I'll be Batman. You could be Robin. No. Yeah, it's the other way around. I know it is. I was just... <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm Robin. I've got the terrible like, jokes. Why, why, is Robin, why is Robin so much bigger than Batman? <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about something super cool, of course, and that's a question that both you and I get heap. Yes. Right. And that's kind of what's in our technology stack. Yes. So we've think, decided to uh, lift the hood ooh. and show people underneath. I think it's one of those questions, and, and this came from a conversation that I had at a networking event recently where the conversation went around and there was one raised about, you know, how do people afford all the technology that they have in their business? Mm-hmm. And the particular question was how do people afford zero? Right? Now, mm-hmm. if you're aware of zero, a typical subscription for zero in your business is going to cost you about 50 bucks Aussie. I think it's even less US, $25 US or something a month. And the question was, you know, how do you afford this? And I had to sort of have a double take because I'm like, well, how could you not afford $50 a month to have zero when it saves you so many hours in reconciling your accounts and preparing your bears and probably most importantly, giving a really clear picture about where your business is financially mm-hmm. um, rather than just checking your bank account and going, yeah, it's all good. And we were having a conversation about it, weren't we? And saying, well, what else do we use? What are the other questions that we get asked about what technology we use in our business? How much of it's actually necessary? Yes. And, you know, what does all that add up to? Because it actually starts to add up to quite a bit in your business, doesn't it? It does. But here's the way that I think about it. We've got these businesses that we've built to give us the freedom and the lifestyle or the freedom to create 
a life outside of our business. When I think back to the amount that I've spent over the years of 20 years in businesses and the amount that I've paid landlords for multiple sites over those years, it is so much cheaper to run my business this way. And I think that a really great way to think about it is it's almost like your technology rent. It's like the house that you need. So it's a cost of doing business and it's just part of it. And I look at the people that scrimp and save $20 and end up working five, six, seven, eight hours, sometimes more a week, trying to do things manually. I just think that, sure, when you're in startup, that may be something that you need to work around. But after a while, it's false economy. What's your take on that? Oh, look, I totally agree. I think, you know, the one thing that as business owners, we can't create more of is time. Mm-hmm. And in anywhere that we can use technology to create more efficient use of our time or a better customer experience that removes the barriers from them being able to connect, engage and purchase from us, I would be using that technology every single time and mm. spending the money on it to make it happen. Yeah. Because I know that A, freeing me up to work on my business more and, and positioning me in the market as an automation expert and for you, you know, in your space as well, generates more opportunity for me. And look, even if it's just spending time with the family, I know, you know, you've been on my way with, with Leon again recently you know, and you couldn't do that, right? If you didn't have the technology stack that you have, right? You'd be spending Absolutely. your weekends reconciling your bank accounts rather than... What? you know, walking along the beach or... Well, let me share an exact situation of why I started using Xero. When I had my old business partner back in the days where I had my retail stores and my dance studio, my business partner, who was my husband back then looked after the finances and I looked after what I called front of house. I looked after the staff and the marketing, anything to do with directly facing the customer. So when we separated our business, I started at that time with a spreadsheet. And I remember being on a family holiday at the beach, funnily enough, and sitting there over an Easter long weekend on the sofa there while everyone else is having fun, trying to reconcile my bass. It happened once and once only. (laughs) And that is when I went zero actually will give me back time to spend with my family. And as far as I'm concerned, that's priceless. That's yeah, that's that. Yeah, $50 well spent. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And I'm pretty sure just to put it out there that you can still get even a version if you're just starting out for less than that, maybe 20 or $30 a month. There's one that if you're not sending invoices, you can get it even cheaper. Yeah, I pay 50 a month. But let's start at the beginning. Now, this, God, isn't, this, is our, a- this isn't our entire technology stack that we're going to take you through because we don't have all day. Tim and I, we were talking about this. There is a lot of technology that we do use in our business, but these are the tools that we use every single day in our business. So there is even more tools that we're not going to go into. Absolutely. Now, the first of these, I think, you know, and and we tried to pick out a couple of big rocks, I guess, didn't we? That if you don't have one of these in your business, go out and get one, go shopping today. Stop what you're doing, go and get one. Because this first one that we're going to mention, I would say nine out of 10 clients that come and work with me, they don't have this which I find a little crazy because this is the very first piece of technology I bought when I started my online business. That's Number unusual. one. This is unusual because most people start with website and go, yep, I'm a, I'm a legitimate no, business owner. No, I didn't. I started with this one before you my are, website. You are one in a thousand. Oddly, I know that most people don't come to you with this one. I would say 99 out of 100 people that I work with don't know how to use this properly. And that yes. is your email 
marketing or and or CRM system. Mm-hmm. So CRM stands for Customer Relationship Management. I'm going to challenge uh, that right there because I want people to start thinking of CRM as contact relationship management system. So all of the contacts. Ah, the there you go. Not See, just your customers. I brought it up to the wrong person. We're talking ah, there about we the go, CRM huh? guru. I'll oh, shut my mouth. <laughs> Look, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm super oh, happy. This was the first me. piece that you put in. Okay. And I know you use Entreport. What did you yes. use? What did you choose Entreport? Look, to be honest, I chose Entreport because at the time that is who my mentor was using. <laughs> My mentor was in a similar industry that I was. So not only was he using it, but I looked around at some other people that were in exactly the same space as me. And at that time, they were all using Entreport. And I'm a big believer in success leaves clues. So whenever I'm looking at a technology stack, if I'm looking and I can see that the top five, six people that use it are all people that I look up to and have a business like sort of where I want it to be, that's just where I go to. And that was about the end of it, to be honest. Yeah, that's a great tip, actually, Sam, a really great tip. And I think you certainly, when you do look at some of the leading coach, consultant people in the world, they're using both Entreport and or Infusionsoft, which is the one I use. And I, I came at a little bit more from a, I guess, a, a sort of end purpose thing about what I needed the tool to do for me. Uh-huh. And that's why I chose Infusionsoft because it, it does my pipeline management. It manages all of my payments. I've moved completely away from invoices. I don't do invoice on anybody anymore. Uh-huh. Everyone's on credit card payments, which my system manages for me. I know uh, Entreport can do that as well. Landing pages, email marketing, automation. I plug in that I use Infusionsoft account as well called Plus This. Uh-huh. Right? And there are a couple of, it's interesting when you look at these big systems like Xero and, and Infusionsoft and Entreport, they have an ecosystem of sort of add-ons that you can have around them. One of the things I really love about Plus This is it can add and remove people from custom audiences in Facebook so that I can advertise to them at different parts in my sales pipeline. Very cool. Right, so that's a really Very important cool. one for me. I know like you, I'm in my Infusionsoft account like every single day. It's one of yes. the three applications, the tabs that's always open on mm. my desktop. Well, I mean, you're looking after other clients' Infusionsoft accounts as well. I'm only looking after one Entreport account. But if you look at the big players in your industry, what are they using? And I agree that they're all using Entreport and Infusionsoft. I mean, there are other ones that flick up every now and again, but this is the the major players are mostly. Yeah. But just because they're using it doesn't mean you should find the one that works for you. Absolutely. Next one, obviously this is a big part of what we do as well as around the project management. Of course, every time we get a customer, we're doing something with them, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Project management. If you want to leverage your time and even if you don't have a team yet, I thoroughly suggest a project management system to help keep yourself on task. Once you've got a team, then you you need some sort of system so everyone knows what's happening. Otherwise, it's going to turn into a bit of a shit fight, (laughs) just to put it nicely. (laughs) Certainly will. And look, if you don't have it, you won't be able to deliver on the promise of what you sold your customers in the first place. You can't do that. They'll drop out. They won't deliver it. They will not say very nice things about you. Yeah. Now, I use Trello. I'm just actually starting to sort of get into this space a lot more and sort of mapping out things in Trello. And I've even got to the point where I'm automating sort of new customer cards in Trello and all the tasks that need to be delivered, you know, to a client. But I know you use Asana as well. 
Yeah, it's funny because I actually did start with Trello and I'll tell you why. I'm a very visual person. So the idea of, you know, the virtual post-it notes or the the cards really appealed to me, but it just wasn't working for me. I just couldn't get it to work. We all think differently. We all systemize and use processes different. So this is really important to make sure it works for you and your team. I do love Asana. I love the way that it works. I love the way that I can bring my team members in. And to me, it just makes sense. And at the end of the day, just like you said, with the CRM, Tim, it needs to work for you. I thoroughly recommend both of those. Yeah. And oddly enough, again, as you mentioned, Sam, success leave clues. Mm-hmm. And we know that some of the big players in the industry, coaching and consulting, all use either Trello or Asana to manage their their customer onboarding and experience, make sure they're delivering everything they promised to deliver. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. All right. Um, now, as we went through this, I'm surprised how many we use exactly the same because I think the next dozen we're using the same thing. <laughs> I'm um, not actually surprised because you and I think in a very similar way. So I'm not actually surprised and I'm not surprised that we both use this tool. Now, this is a design tool, which everyone needs to have these days for the amount that we're producing for social media, the amount of content that we're producing and, you know, our design tools, not just for your social media, it's for your presentations and webinars and just so many things, blog posts, and we both use Canva. Yeah, just the underpinning reason for that. We know that visual content appeals, attracts more eyeballs rather than text. Yes. Particularly in social media. So, you know, adding just a, a very quick image from Canva can make your post pop that little bit more and attract more eyeballs. Canva's a really cool one. It's a really good one. Now, I know that you use a free Canva account, Tim. And I use a paid Canva account. So I just wanted to quickly cover off why I pay for it. And it's only $12.95, I think US a month. So whatever that works out to, it's somewhere between 15 and 20 bucks Australian. But that gives me access to their image library. Now, I was paying a dollar an image with deposit photos before that. And that was even then on an AppSumo deal. So they were super cheap. But this way, because I do so many slide decks This saves me so much money. So I've got access to all of their stock images. That's one reason. And the second reason is because I can resize an image. So if I'm creating an image for Instagram, I can just click resize to Instagram story and it just automatically does that. Oh, I'm sold. I don't need to recreate. I'm spending that today. So going back to, you know, time is money. To me, it is just such a a fantastic investment of $15 a week. Now, finance is somewhere we varied only recently. You've been on zero for a long time. Been on zero for a long time. And until very recently, I was on zero and I've just moved across to QuickBooks. This is something I would actually suggest you chat to your accountant about, to be brutally honest. This is something that I don't want to say, take this one or this one. I think I I use zero. It works for me, but the reason I chose it is because I spoke to my accountant and they advised me what was best for my situation and that's all I'm going to give on that one. <laughs> I love it. Look, I think it's a very similar conversation. I spoke to both my bookkeeper and accountant and said, you know, do you have a preference over QuickBooks or Zero? QuickBooks is a bit cheaper than Zero uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, for the same thing. You know, for me, the decision was really about I don't log into my Zero, my QuickBooks account. I wasn't really logging into my Zero account either. I get my accountant and bookkeeper to provide me a sort of report at the 15th of every month and, and the 30th of every month to say where I'm at and what's going on, and they jump in and do all the reconciliation. So, you know, um, for me, the sort of, in this case, the saving of 25 bucks a month made the difference. Yeah, and that's why it's important to ask the people that are on your team who are going to be in there what works for them as well. I think that's really important. Nice. 
Calendar scheduling. This is such an important part of your business. I believe having the ability to send your leads or clients a link to your calendar so they can book in and find a time that suits them. It saves that email tennis where you're bouncing backwards and forwards oh. trying to come up with a time to catch up. Like that is just so annoying. And if you've got a global business night, we do. And especially, you know, we went to Daylight Savings just a couple of weeks ago and trying to work that out. And New Zealand went a week before we did. And then it oh, was a pain in the ass, comes off. Ugh, just don't we, do it. <laughs> but again, it's, it comes back to that time is money thing. And I think now... Maybe a few years ago, it would have been a bit weird to say, hey, just find a time in my calendar to book in. And, mm -hmm. and people are going, well, what, what's this? I certainly get a few people now. They go, they're actually quite impressed with the fact I'm sending them an online calendar to book in. So and much I've easier. Got it cleverly linked. You know, I'm using Calendly. I know you're using Time Trade. Mm -hmm. um, I've got it linked straight through into my CRM. So anytime someone books in, again, their, their contact details are automatically copied into my CRM and they're marked as an opportunity and, and what it is we're going to talk about. And they're sent reminders of the appointment and all that sort of stuff without mm -hmm. me having to do anything. And again, coming back to that time is money thing, it may not seem like very much, but if our business is run on conversations and appointments with people, you know, we, we could be having you know, three, four, five, eight appointments a day. That's 40 a week, 2,000 appointments a year. If I can save five minutes mm. in just that, hey, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, we're kicking off in five, here's the link. Five minutes times potentially 2,000 appointments. It's a, a no-brainer, right? A lot of minutes. Not a, it's sitting a on the no drink beacon cocktails out of a coconut. <laughs> Okay. Well, you can't be doing 2,000 appointments a year. <laughs> Absolutely. So I am using Time Trade again. This is a, a, a tool <clears> that I started using years ago, again, because that's what my mentor was using. Would I, if I was starting from scratch, use Time Trade? Probably not. There's another tool that I've got my eye on, but the idea of trying to move it over while I've got a gazillion links out in the world, I've been hanging off for a couple of years, but it's a great system. I, I can create as many links as I like, which is what I really, really like about yeah. Time Trade. And you can create different meeting appointments and appointment types and ask additional questions of people as they come into your appointments and all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, totally. Now, building a freedom business, we want to make sure that we can do business wherever we've got an internet connection. So I think this next one's really important and that's cloud storage and file sharing. So what do you use, Tim? Same as you, Sam. <laughs> both, both on Google Drive and Dropbox. Yeah, I use both. Why do you use both? I've sort of just started to use Google Drive a little bit more. Certainly some of my clients and organisations I'm involved with use Google Drive. I particularly like Google Drive because it's got the online tools with it, right? So you've got Google Sheets and you've got Google Docs and, and those sorts of things. So it means you can actually open those documents inside your drive mm -hmm. and easily cut and paste from yes. there, right? It also makes it, I find it's a little bit easier to share, right? So probably Google Drive is a little bit more... I guess ubiquitous, it's a bit more widespread mm -hmm. Dropbox in terms of the number of people who use it. Yes. Right. Having said that, the reason I use Dropbox is because it actually sits in my desktop and I can save and automatically sync mm. stuff directly between my computer and my, de and, and my other devices. A lot of my internal documentation, you know, like my headshots and logos and procedural documents and stuff actually sit inside Dropbox. So when I open my desktop, I just hit save and it's saving to my Dropbox you know, mm. online file storage. Yeah, right? nice. Whereas Google Drive, I have to upload that. It doesn't automatically sync. And that's the main reason I use those two different ones. Yeah, 
I've definitely definitely using Google Drive more this year than I ever have. We've internally moved a lot of our stuff onto Google Drive. I like the way it syncs with other apps like Slack, you know, different apps. But for some bizarre reason, and I don't know if it's just in my head or if it's a real thing, I find that my audios upload faster in Dropbox that they do on Google Drive. It seriously could just be in my head. It could be just habit, but all I'm using Dropbox for these days are just um, sharing out audio files to the team. Yeah. yeah. All right. Remote conferencing and webinars. So this is like the calls, having webinars, virtual calls with leads, clients. Again, we're both using the same tool and that's exactly how we record this episode that comes to you every week and that's via Zoom. Mm. Zoom is a really cool tool uh, and there's, there's lots out there, right? So, you know, GoToMeeting and so on are out there. One of the reasons I use Zoom is that it sort of provides me not only sort of some cloud storage, which I can share files directly with customers, but also, you know, do webinars and, and sort of multiple people in a video conferencing mm. sense as well. You can, ref, you, know, you can record separate audio files, which is what we do with this podcast. So if you're watching this, you can see us. Hi, <laughs> listening to us, we've actually recorded a separate audio track Yes, as well. So that's one of the really cool features of Zoom. And Absolutely. increasingly, again, if you're running a, a global business or even a national business, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, being able to see your customers is a real advantage. Absolutely. So just today, for instance, we're, we're recording this on Zoom. So we're recording a podcast episode. Earlier this morning, I ran a webinar and I've done client calls, virtual conversations with clients, and I've used Zoom for all of those. So it's just such a, like it's got diversity within the, in the system. Yeah, I think with all these tools, it's, it's stuff that we looked at that we would use every day, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, we yeah, kind absolutely. Of, you know, I couldn't run my business without these tools. There's probably a few optional ones in there. But, you know, these things I, I'd say, you know, we use every single day without fail, if not multiple times per day. Absolutely, absolutely. So this next one is really important, security. Increasingly, we know that if you've got your kid's name with a number following it as your password or your dog's name, that's not very secure. And you would have seen password generators that generate this random string of 15 characters that nobody can ever remember. This tool we both use, which is called LastPass, is a fantastic tool that you kind of store your passwords securely in an online vault and applications that you log into, you can sort of access that vault, pre-populate the password. Now, the cool thing is if you've got a team, particularly for a virtual team, you don't have to share the password. You can share the kind of link which populates the password, but they never actually get to see what it is. That's what I love about it. I share all of my passwords with my team via LastPass and they don't ever see the password at any time. And this is where I absolutely loved LastPass. Many years ago, I had an issue in my business where someone was, it wasn't a nice thing that happened and I needed to revoke access to someone instantly. It was 10 p.m. at night. I'll never forget it. And I was able to make sure they had no access to any of my accounts within five minutes because I just logged into my last pass. I just revoked access, which meant that they couldn't get into any of my accounts, which was great. But just the fact that you can open up a URL and you don't have to remember the password. That's little p, capital F, Q, hashtag, I, J, L. <laughs> You're never going to remember that, right? But it just <coughs> automatically populates it. So last pass is It's remarkable that you did remember that much. <laughs> I just made it up, seriously. Don't even, you can try uh, that on my accounts, but it won't do anything. <laughs> it's just one of those things where we, uh, you know, where you see people open up phone numbers in there, you know, on a, or a phone and they dial a number on a movie. Sometimes they actually fill those numbers out and they make them real. Crazy. 
Crazy. Yeah. Right, Social now. media scheduling, Tim. Oh, my God. This is such a pain in the ass, isn't it? I mean, well, it just takes up a lot of time, right? But it's one it of those things that you need to do. It's part of your content marketing strategy. If you're not doing it, then you're losing massive opportunities, I believe. If you're not creating, I'm going to say noise, but we don't want to create, obviously create noise. If you're not creating enough content to put out there into the world, you're immediately sabotaging every other opportunity downstream from that. Absolutely. And if you want to be seen as a thought leader, you need to be showing up that, sharing your thoughts. Yep. So uh, I use SmarterQ, um, which is a UK-based product, and I use Hootsuite and Buffer. Mm. Hootsuite and Buffer are very similar, so I'm curious to know why you use both of them. Okay, this is going to make you laugh (laughs) because I have got so many social media accounts and I don't want to pay a gazillion dollars to get all of the accounts. (laughs) So Uh, so you're tapping up to your free limit on each of them. I actually pay for Hootsuite as well because I've got, um, I do pay for it as well, but I don't want it to be, you know, sort of out of control crazy. So while I am very happy to pay for accounts and I do pay for a lot of these accounts, that is the main reason that I've got both of them. So we have our Facebook groups for our clients in one, our social media organic kind of channels in another, and that's how we separate them and keep an eye on that. So hey, That's a really cool idea. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's about being just a little bit smarter. Yeah. It also means that if you've got different people in your organization responsible for different areas of your funnel, you can give them access to different tools and not necessarily have them messing with stuff that they may not or should not necessarily be able to Well, it makes to. it very easy to remember, okay, so if, if they're in Buffer App, who are those people that we're talking to? Makes it easy to discern what sort of content's going out on each one. Yeah, nice, nice. One of the things I, I really love about SmarterQ is that it's got the ability to queue and reschedule content that you've already used. And this um, is the bit I love about this. I, I'm actually so, thinking about signing up because of, because of this. Yeah, so if you know that, for example, in your group, and I know you do, Sam, you've got a regular sort of call to action post about going to get one of your resources You've got your post that goes out every single Monday that says, hey, what's on for this week, guys? Or your Friday, share your wins post, that sort of content. Or even if you've got, like in one of my networking groups, I put a a member showcase up. So I've got member profiles created as posts in a library. And each day it goes into that library and picks one of those posts. And then once it's posted, it pops it back to the bottom of the queue again until such time as it bubbles back to the top. So that's a really great way of reusing content and creating specific libraries to go out in specific days, you know, that you want to kind of create. So one of the projects I'm doing right now is I'm creating a 200 automation tips series. So they're 10-second automation tips, and they're just a couple of, you know, a couple of lines of sort of advice. Mm-hmm. And I'm popping those into a queue, and it's just going to run through all 200 in a cycle. I'm up to 89 out of the 200. Nice, I like it. Right? And it just keep, it'll just keep going, right? And so that if someone sees the same content over again, yeah, so be it, right? It was 200 days ago since they saw the last one. And I could do one of those every single day, right? And it just it just creates that sort of opportunity to kind of you know, raise my awareness of what I'm doing. Nice, like it. Thank you. Websites. So, websites. WordPress. Absolutely. I just, right now I wouldn't, I, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but right now it's just... WordPress provides so much. It's there's so many reasons, and we we don't have time to go over the amount of reasons. But I would only recommend WordPress. There's a few out there at the moment, like Wix and Squarespace, Uh that uh are sort of online builders. Why would you choose WordPress over an online builder? 
Okay, so one of the reasons is the Squarespace and Wix are their drag and drop. So behind that piece of content that you're dragging and dropping somewhere is some code. And so imagine that your website's got a code so that Google can read it. So Google trawls all of this information that's on the internet every day. And that's how they go, okay, well, we're giving this a ranking of number one or number two, or it's going to go on page four. With Wix and Squarespace, they've got these codes that sit behind the code that you're also creating. So it's like if Google, just to put it, this isn't, you know, like, this is just a metaphor. If Google spoke English, it wouldn't be able to understand the code in these drag and drop website builders because it would be like it was in Japanese. So WordPress means that the code is clearer, means that Google is a lot easier or can understand it a lot easier. Does that make sense? It's, it's, it, yes. <laughs> yes, it does. The other thing I think, think about, of course, if you're using template builders, they're all the same. So Google's going to go, this is the same as all these other sites I've gone to trawled. And if they're the same, they don't rank for it. Yeah. So if you want to rank on Google, don't use a... WordPress certainly gives you a lot more ability to do stuff. Yes, that's exactly right. Beautiful. Now, online courses, I know you don't have online courses. When you're getting started, you can create a Facebook group and upload your content in them. And that's just fine. But as you're starting to get a little bit bigger, I suggest that you have your information somewhere different. I have used lots in the past... I've built my own membership sites out using Optimize Press and I've just given up and gone to a platform where I can just drag and drop, even though I've just said we don't like the drag and drop, but dragging and dropping for my online course and I use Thinkific. I absolutely love it. I can get a course up within 24 hours from the time of I've got this idea to being able to get it up and I, I think Thinkific's just so easy to use. So that's the, the online course platform that I use. And that's not just because you're a prolific content creator and really good at your course creation. One of the things I really like about Thinkific, and even though I don't have uh, an online course at the moment, is the ability to kind of even just upload a PowerPoint and then to click through the PowerPoint and record a separate audio track as you're clicking through the PowerPoint and therefore there is your course is mm. just is just amazing. So yeah. very, very cool tool. And there's some others on the market as well, but I, I, I quite like Thinkific yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, so connection tools. These are tools to connect your different platforms that you're using. So, for example, they are, or you're creating zaps to zap the information from one app or one piece of software to another. Is that a good way to explain it, Tim? Did I get it? I would would have said past rather than zap, but uh, yeah, that's why we both use (laughs) Zapier. Strangely enough, but it does. Okay, so one of the things that with all of these systems, they have, they have, I guess, two integrations, right? So if you're having to pass data between your systems, it's a very time-consuming consuming manual task. I'm going to sort of speak from a position of authority here because you're like, Tim, just explain this one. <laughs> I know that look. <laughs> right? And those systems use what's called an API or an application program interface to pass data back and forth, right? If you did it manually, you're probably introducing a whole lot of human error as you retype data, okay? And again, mm. time is money, so that's just a really time-consuming, expensive way of doing things. So systems like Zapier have got a bunch of pre-built APIs application program interfaces that allows you to sort of link up two systems with a very simple wizard that says if something happens in my originating system do some form of action in my receiving system so a really good example is that you might send out a link to your calendar to somebody they fill in the details with their name address and phone number and that information is then zapped through something like zapier to your crm system 
so that you don't have to re-enter their name, address, email, and phone number. So that's a really good example. Another one is if you've got a client who's purchased from you through your CRM system that you might pass that data across to your, you know, your accounting platform, so Xero or QuickBooks, and it creates that contact as a customer or a contact in your other system so that when it comes to reconciling up your bank accounts, you're not having to re-enter those customer details that are already there. Absolutely. One of my favorite zaps, and I guess I do call it a zap, is when people sign up for a webinar in Zoom, that information goes straight into Entreport and tags that person so that then they get put into a specific sequence. Great, great tool. Yeah. One of mine is that I'm now zapping people across from as soon as they complete a purchase, they get zapped across to my Trello account right? and it creates a new customer card in Trello for then my team just go, oh, there's a new customer there I need to deal with. Nice. So you can already hear there's so many different thousands of zaps that you can create. It's got a lot of platforms that it integrates with. And what I love about it is you just go to the homepage of Zapier and go, oh, can I integrate these two? And you can put your different software or apps that you're using, put it into Zapier and it will tell you whether it's available or not. And what I love about it is that it's always available. And not only that, whatever you put in, it gives you an idea of something else that you could be doing. So very cool tool. Yeah, and pretty easy to set up as well. Super easy. Although, actually, I don't even know why I said that. I don't even do it. My team does it. I have no idea how to so do it. Absolutely. It is, super easy. it is super easy for you, isn't it? Yeah, just go, hey, guys. Team, sort that out. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Now, payment gateway. This is obviously yeah. super important. This is the most important thing, isn't it? So you get paid. You get money in Well, your look, people could still send invoices if they wanted to, but, you know, I'm not a fan of that because I like to get control when I get paid. Yes. Other than when my customer wants to pay me. It's two different things. And I use both eWay and PayPal for my payment gateways and that just allows me to take online payments and transfer them directly to my bank account. Nice. And you're and I, on Stripe. I'm on Stripe. So it's funny that we use three different things. I used PayPal years ago. I'll just share why I don't use PayPal. I opened my PayPal account. I was a little bit short of funds. I thought, you know what, I'm going to run a webinar tomorrow night, bring you a whole heap of cash. Did that and then PayPal held those funds for about nine months. Nine months? Yes. Uh, yeah, Don't no, ever get me started. So this is why I do not use PayPal. <laughs> I just think Stripe's super easy and you can set it up. You don't have to worry about anything. It's set up within within an hour. You're up and running. It's just yeah. cool. But Stripe, again, Stripe does have a three-day clearance. Yes, it does. On funds. Uh, PayPal will be instant, but you do need to be aware if you're in Australia and using PayPal and as a merchant set and merchant receiving, there are a few hoops that you need to jump through to demonstrate that you're a legit business after you receive more than a thousand dollars so super easy if you're a consumer and you're just like buying something on the weekend you know garage sale or something like that but if you're using it for business there are a few extra hoops you need to jump through to be able to take that but once you've done that for both paypal and eway you can get same day clearance through to you through to your bank account which is actually really cool cool i think paypal is probably a little bit more expensive stripe's got a lower merchant fee rate which is actually makes Stripe attractive but just be aware there's that is that three-day clearance I guess once you've got everything set up, it all just flows through. So absolutely. And what are the apps, Tim, that you use on a daily basis? Actually, we're looking at this, and I um I used to sort of work out apps. I've actually opened up my phone before, and I'm actually like seven pages of apps. I don't know what the hell they all are. Yeah, I I know when when we were opening up our phone, I was like swipe. Swipe, swipe, swipe. <laughs> okay. Yes, but, a lot of apps. But the ones I, the ones that are on my homepage, right? You know, yep. that's the ones I, I kind of use. I, I must use this sort of 
all day, every day, every time I've got five minutes spare, I'm, I'm kind of on one of these. And that's a LinkedIn app. Both you and I do heaps on LinkedIn. Yes. Facebook and Facebook Messenger do quite a bit on as well. And WhatsApp is it's probably my the four most used apps on my phone. Yes. I do a lot on LinkedIn and I absolutely hate the LinkedIn app. I just pretty, don't think it's ordinary. that. Yeah, I think it's super ordinary. So the only time I would use the LinkedIn app is if I was away, you know, if I'm at a conference and I'm just checking in at lunchtime or something like that. Generally, I use LinkedIn on my laptop or my desktop. So the apps that I constantly have open is Facebook, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp and Instagram. I know you don't do a lot on Instagram, but I oh, love it. Yeah. You're insta, the Insta Queen. Not quite. There are some princess. Insta Queens that I. You're yeah, the, you're yeah, the, yeah, I'll go Insta with Princess. That. I'm princess. <laughs> so we have been through a ton of information today. Go back, make notes, and listen. And if you've got any questions, please reach out. Like Tim said earlier, these are the tools that we use every day. Our actual list of tools that we both use in our business is more than double this, but these are the ones that we use every single day to run our online business essentially yeah absolutely. anything you want to add tim what's your what's your big takeaway uh, from this episode two big takeaways for me sam first one is that the similarity of so many of the tools that we use right and to achieve the same outcomes and the fact that we've got across those sort of core areas of you know crm and design and finance and security and calendar scheduling and stuff that we kind of use all the time we're using the same tools right or that we need a tool that delivers that outcome Mm -hmm. to our business and the second thing i think that is something you mentioned earlier is it's actually that, that successfully leaves clues right you know if there's someone in your particular industry who's using a tool and you can start to see what they're using either find out just reach out and ask them and say hey we're curious what tool you use right but things like your email marketing actually sort of says in the header yeah right? if you but watch when, it, you so email, up, yep. when you open the email yeah open the email it'll tell you what what they're using right? i know you sort of hide your entrepreneur report logo way down the bottom <laughs> And I've taken the Infusionsoft completely off mine. But, you know, SSX does leave clues and you can kind of reach out and say, hey, what, what are you using or model what people are using who are playing that bigger game than you are and they're using those tools to get to where they've gotten to. If you model what they've got, you know, you're going to sort of put yourself in the best chance of success of also getting to those that place my biggest takeaway is very similar it's again on top of that success leaves clues and that is that so many people will trawl through and research these online tools for two three four sometimes six months sometimes even more where i'm just like okay who are the people that i want to emulate or model what are they using if five people that i look up to are using the same tool I will make that decision in 10 minutes and just go, well, that's the tool I'm using. As long as I've done a tiny bit of research, is this going to give me the outcomes I want? But over and above that, that's just, I don't, time is money. I like to move quickly. Yeah, um, look, I've got one client I've been talking to about bringing on to and onboarding with Keep now for eight, nine months. I've known her for about six, seven years now and she hasn't yet pulled the trigger and yeah. that's okay. But you know, every time we have a conversation, it's like, can I do this? Can I do something else? Can I? And like, if we implemented it already, you would have actually it would already all been working. It'll all be working. You'd seen a return on investment already and you'd actually be that much further ahead. Absolutely. So. Yep. Just do it. Nike's got it right. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Of course, if you've liked today's episode, we'd love your feedback on it. Um, share, like, comment on it um, wherever you find this. We want to know what tools you use as well. So, you know, if you know and, and make sure that people have got some, some really cool stuff that they can, uh, you know, help them take their business forward. Brilliant. 
What are we talking about next week, Tim? I've been having with a few people recently and one that I not only see in you know, conversations online, but ironically in conversations and closed groups with other marketing companies. And the question that is often asked is, how do I get more leads? Right? So we're yeah. actually going to change that question around, aren't we? Yeah, we are a little bit. So we're going to ask us, do you really need more leads in your business? Absolutely. Yes, this is going to be fun. I'm already excited. <laughs> Do you really need more leads? That's the conversation on the next Thursday episode. Thanks for joining us today. To all our fantastic listeners, thanks for joining me again, Tim, and sharing your technology stack. I'm sure it's going to be someone out there. Absolutely. Actually, I have got a resource there. If someone wants to go and if, if people are interested in going and grab it, I do have a resource on my website. It actually goes into some of these in a little bit more detail about why I use them. So if you want to go to winmorclients.com.au forward slash eight tools, um, you can get some information on some of these and a few more that are Excellent. actually really cool in your business. We'll link it up in the show notes. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Ciao. Discover how to grow and scale your thought leader's business. Check out samanthariley.global. Head over to Facebook and join a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community.